This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unashamed. What about you? All right, welcome back to Unashamed. I am uh, at the Southern Lair. Dad, I've got a house full of grandkids, kids, cousins. It's a... It it's sounds like so, so much fun. It is. It is. <laughs> Only thing we're missing is you. You could have you just right here in your chair watching Gunsmoke, just being a part of the proceedings. That's the only thing we're missing. We know how much you love the beach and sitting in the sun and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to like it, but <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a chore. So we, so Lisa and I, it was, it was, we, we got back down here, and, of course, um, we were able to – it's really neat because this has kind of been a second community for us. And, um, you know, when you kind of reestablish yourself, even though we're not here all the time, we're just kind of here part-time, uh, you start getting opportunities. And so um, there's a guy that listens to our podcast, and so uh, we were able to help him, you know, establish a relationship with Christ and – I talked about him before, J.D., and we baptized him in our swimming pool, which was great. And um, because of that, we got an opportunity to speak at his church, and we did a little marriage uh, conference this past weekend, and we spoke to several couples there. It was just great. It was just another opportunity to continue to bless people and help people. So, you know, you just kind of got to grow where you're planted, where wherever that is. And so, you know, I tell people all the time, you're around the world, you, you know, you make an opportunity, you know, because God can use you wherever you're at. And so that's kind of the way we look at it down here. So anyway, it's good. It's an opportunity. Uh, we don't know where Zach is. He's still MIA, Jace. I, I, I assume he's somewhere you know, maybe he's working, maybe he's playing. Who knows? He's just he's he's somewhere in the fruited plains. You, have you heard from him? Well, it's weird that you use that M I A, which is a different spelling of I am. Ooh, I Be- didn't think about that. Well, because uh, Zach is he is <laughs> I am not here. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about I am and he's MIA only. I thought I am. you were literally well, you got, doing you got that. Some on. are I am and some I was. Yeah. Or some that's MIA. MIA. He's taking the Moses part of this <laughs> special study. Yeah. Because he said, Who am I? Which is where this is where this all started. Which I I put out there, uh, we did this a couple years ago, a few hundred podcasts ago, and I said, somebody needs to write a song in that interchange in Exodus 3. I don't know if you remember this, Phil. And and somebody sent me a song that they, just the writing, it was, uh, and I thought it was pretty good. Now, it wasn't. That it wasn't in. Uh, they they didn't have the instruments going. It was just the written song about it. But I thought it was pretty clever because Moses says, "Who am I?" and God says, "I am who." He took "I am who I am." So he took the opposite. He just turned around what Moses said, "I am who I am," which was interesting. I thought, which is really our relationship with God. Who am I? Because, you know, in, in Christianity, every, the opposite of what you think you need to do is usually what you need to do. If you want to if you want to live, you have to die, you know, in a spiritual standpoint. If you want to have much, you got to be willing to give it all up. I mean, you just constantly see that thing. Yep. So we started talking about uh, in the last couple of podcasts, we're kind of in between studies, and we were just going to do a— a couple of podcasts about some of the I am statements that you see in the book of John and just kind of got us going. And so dad, you were saying when you came in today before Jace got in the studio, uh, it kind of led you down a rabbit hole of 
this idea of, cause you've been writing a book about the Jesus resume. I don't yep. know if that's what got you going or what, but you said the more, the deeper you got into it, try, the, the more the, perplexed the more. I became. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was so perplexing? Well, just take this for instance. Right. This is just one facet that you'll run into when you study who, I mean, I am. Yeah. Who that, Jesus that yeah, why uh, his uh, and call past, it a nickname, but it's that's not a strong enough word. For yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Hebrew writer said, "In the past, here's how it begins the whole thing. God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, and you could add, and through burning bushes. Yeah, that really wasn't being burned up. Yeah, so." It's just an opening line to my dilemma. So this is Hebrews uh, 1. Yeah, yeah. He spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times and, and sometimes out of burning bushes in various ways. But in these last days, we've been in the last days ever since this was written by the Hebrew writer, according to him. So we're 2,223 in from the birth of Jesus. So here we go. He In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Now, hmm, how did he get there? whom he appointed heir of all things. You're the heir of everything. You're like, whoa. And through whom, we're talking about Jesus here, he made the universe. I'm like, he's, he's, he's spoken to us through him. He made, the, through whom he made the universe. You're like, man, you talking about some accolades. The sun, it, see if you can grasp this. I'm trying to grasp it, boys, but it's it's tough. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Well, what kind of being would you have to be to be the radiance of someone else bigger than you, his glory? My mind... It does not compute, Al. Uh, and the exact representation, this Jesus, of his being. You're like, well, nobody's ever seen him, though. Well, I guess he's saying, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the one who started this whole thing of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So he goes down this list. Angels won't do it. This is It's more power than that. But somewhere in there, it comes back to no one's ever seen God yeah, John 1, 17. But you, but you have 18. a representative of God who became a human so you could see him coming down the road. Yeah, because think it's, about it's, that, it's, John. It's just a mind bender. That John 1, you know, he said this word or logos, the, yeah. the Greek word, which is the manual. He's the... I mean, it's hard to find words in the English language strong enough and broad enough to explain Jesus in a word. So he, you know, he he just said "am," and he said I he's the am. image of the Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Well, if you're invisible, what would your image look like? Well, his image well looked like you, human beings. I think I think one thing you hit on is when you read in Hebrews one when he you said he is the what did it say radiance of the radiance of God's glory. Well, if you look up what radiance means, now listen to this: light or heat emitted or reflected by someone or something. Yeah, what so, came came up in my study too to you point there. It was uh, uh, what, what's what's the what's the word for it? He, I mean, he he's he's power. God made visible. Yeah. He's he's the he's the image 
But but we don't know what God's image looks like because well, he became a, he was capable of becoming a human. The spirit was hovering over the waters. We know that like from 1 Timothy where he says what is that verse? I'll read it. Uh Paul made this reference that I think was I mean gave you a few clues about God uh where is First Timothy? First Timothy six sixteen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. When it said he's speaking of Jesus, which you know, will he wants us to become spotless or blameless until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is uh verse fifteen, which God will bring about in his own time, which he's eternal. So God the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings and Lord of Lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might, to him be honor and might forever. Well, so he became a man. That's why you have a bush that's burning but not burning up. That's why you have a whale that can be controlled. You have a donkey talking at some point. You have people being made from dust. You also have angels that emit light, but they're also ministering spirits. I mean, this, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and before he even said that, in 1 Timothy 1.17... Now to the king eternal, immortal, and check this out, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now wait just a minute. Now to the king eternal, immortal, we're back to the invisible part. Well, and, and if you read Colossians. I mean, I, I but thought you, that would be Jesus, but. Well, it is Jesus because because he made him, you know, that John 1, 17, he explains, he, he made God known. So it, it's impossible to relate to God in this fashion. And he knew that. Yeah. So he became a human and it's relatable. So the great thing about this is when you get to know Jesus in depthly, his character is a hundred percent off the charts. Um, there's no evil. There's no maliciousness. Oh, there right. no, so, well, that gives you a window into God. He is has a flawless character. He's. He but isn't that to, what isn't what the disciples said though, Jason? John fourteen, when they said, "If only we could see the Father," and then Jesus says, "Well, don't you know? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically the point he's making is that I am the human representation of the qualities you can't see in the Father. Once you've seen me, you've seen those. And because you, the bottom you, line is, that's why I was telling Dad before we came on air, you can't see God. He's unseeable. If, if he's invisible, immutable, immortal, Yep, that's unseeable. So you would have to have some form to be able to see that. It Nobody would be uh, see impossible that. to embrace him, I think, without someone showing us, and that's what Jesus did, who God is. So we got warm weather ahead. Um, You know, Jace, you're spending a lot of time out in nature looking for treasure. Um, So that means one thing. You need need some good night's sleep coming up. Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, with the warm weather brings bugs and sweat. And uh, so you want your – what I recommend – when it comes to sleeping, is you want your sheets clean, you want your mattress comfortable, and these things should be bought. These are these are items that you shouldn't pick up off the side of the road. <laughs> and try. You want to you, you want to get away from uh, you want to get away from those pickups. And you well, I, go I say that because when on the go way, looking through the trash pile, I got to clear it up. Well, on the way down here to this podcast. I saw a mattress laying in the ditch, and I 
I thought, speed up and look away. (laughs) (laughs) One of our sponsors uh, is a company called Bowl and Branch Sheets. And uh, certainly they are worth buying. Uh, We love them because they're soft. They're luxurious. Uh, You do need to buy them. Don't pick them up on the side of the road. Uh, They use the highest quality organic cotton, uh, the best on earth, in fact. Uh, They've been used and loved by four U.S. presidents, Jay, so that says something. Uh, 10,000 rave reviews. Uh, They've got 10 versatile colors from twin up to California king. Uh, So they're incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins, which is great. They also have a 30-night risk-free guarantee. So free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. But trust us, you don't want to send them back. So you want that great night's sleep uh, that Jace was talking about. Sleep better at night with bowl and branch sheets. Shop their spring sale right now to get 20% off your order. Use the promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. Exclusions apply. See their site for details. Well, that's why I think the further we go down this into the different I am statements, you're going to find something. And I thought about this last night when I was studying this. When you think about why Jesus did miracles, and I've really never thought about this before. You know, if I just threw that out there, it's like, well, why is he, why is he doing the miracles? What would you say? I mean, what's your, what's your bumper sticker answer? I'm not trying I to I would say you. to have people with their faith. Well, and to to show that he was more than just mortal man. To show that he was more than just a normal guy. Yeah. You know, human beings he, have a quest, Chase. They have a quest. Mm. I'm not one of them, but but the the human race from worldwide they want to see a miracle, Chase. Oh, I know. So let me let me let me let you ponder on this. They say, if I could just see a miracle. Let me let you ponder on this. Really, when you think about it, because like the next one we're going to do is where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Correct. All right. And we won't get there yet, because I think this is more important, understanding what's behind this. But if you think about what he did there, he took a little kid's lunch, you know, had a couple fish, a couple loaves of bread, you know, four or five We'll we'll see. Just just to, he had it was a kid's lunch, or maybe for four or five people, and he multiplies this. But if you think about what he could have done, he could have just he could have said, "Y'all watch this," and like levitated and flew to like the Roman Colosseum and had everybody come behind all these people. And like he could have just gone down in there and and I heard an illustration about this. You know, he could have started writing on the sky, sending messages on the sky. And you know, and he and he fights the lions and just with blindfolded and I mean he could have done more spectacular miracles that would have drawn way more attention. Am I right or wrong? If you oh, if you oh. just start letting your imagination run way here. bigger. Way bigger. Way. I mean, he could have made it like have uh, a hailstorm of bread, which he already did that, I guess, in the Old Testament. But I mean, he could have like exploded trees and he did, done all these kind of shape shifting tricks. I mean, because if you control the atoms and molecules, I mean, I don't even know how to. You could be as absurd as you possibly want. So my point is, but why did he? Why did he do what he did in the miracles? Well, every time he did a miracle, he showed really what he was, what his character was about. Well, people are hungry, and he wanted to, you know, it's being hungry is a serious thing. If if you don't have anything to eat, you're in a lot of suffering here. Well, think about what else he did. He healed the blind, uh, healed diseases. When you add all his miracles up, they were to relieve suffering. He he wasn't doing fantastical things just so people would say, oh, wow, you're... And every time it always went in with some, some character trait or some physical 
uh, issue that we have deep down in our souls that bother us. People suffering, which what is the number one argument for why people don't come to God? Well, why, why are they suffering? So don't you think that's interesting? It is. I mean, he could have done other things way more spectacular. It, it wasn't about the miracle. Because I think, and the point I'm going to make, especially when we get to the bread of life, is he's saying, I am the miracle. And I'm, but I've not just because I'm trying to wow you or convince you or, because then you're just, you're only doing it for you. You're doing it. So the old rock song, they say, all I need is a miracle. Yeah. All I need is you. But if you said all I need is Jesus, well, that sounds cheesy, but actually, if you, if you go down this, this way of thinking, you, you, you finally say, oh, because it wasn't just about the show. It was a sign. The miracle really was a demonstration of power, just like he did when we read in our, in our first podcast about this in John 18, where they said they came to arrest him and they're like, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And we talked about the translators, you know, had to put he, cause it, who says, you know, I am. Well, Jesus does. But then for one moment, so he wouldn't lose any of his disciples. He sends some kind of invisible power surge out of his body that blows down the whole Roman uh, detachment that was fixing to arrest him. It's the most, it's the most non-talked about miracle in the Bible. <laughs> but he, why did he do that? So he would fulfill that, the, John 18 is clear. He did it for a reason. So he wouldn't lose any of the. It was written. He was. He came to fulfill the law, the prophets. The it, there was a purpose there. But he could have look when he did that. He could have like suspended them up in the air, and then made a uh, a sentence out of the Roman detachment in the sky that said, "I am," and it's like all the human bodies while they're alive, and just had everybody walk by. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun game to play once you once you go to nobody thinks about it i've never heard very many people talk about what could he have done if you had this kind of power well, what would you do i would be doing these crazy stunts i'd sit around because i've often thought about this in a heaven context i thought you know if the atom and molecules are no longer a problem when it comes to the laws of nature and gravity and all. I'm like, the the things you can do are endless. But Jesus wasn't doing that. That he kept it all in in that it was a demonstration of his power, but it was also a sign of who he is and what he came to do. And so in each moment you'll see a care and concern for human beings, for relieving suffering, for giving people uh, you know, grace or and all in all those ideals, well, that that's just too. He's trying to send you a message there. He's trying to reveal not only the power of God, which is what I'm saying. We have a hard time wrapping our head around that, but it's also the character of God, the heart of God, how He views human beings, and and then each time you go down one of those miracles in a row, you see that oh, He cares. He cares for us. He's wanting to accomplish that. So it's not just about wowing us to convince us that we should follow him out of fear. No, and I think if you were going to add an I am to dad's point, you could add I am the unseeable. I mean, that could have been an I am. He didn't say that, but well, if we were going to add. Second Corinthians 4, I think, or was it 5, says. Yeah, there you uh, go. So it said, so so I'll I'll you know I'll I'll read it. Second Corinthians four just popped in my head thirteen. So it's written Paul you know to the Corinthians like I believe therefore I've spoken, which kind of goes to my point. You know he quotes Psalm one sixteen there. If you if you go all in on Jesus and you believe something 
is going to happen. You, you're, you're not going to be able to keep that silent. I mean, we're talking about the resurrected Lord here, having the power to come back from the dead. He ha- he's God in human form. You're, you're not going to be able just to say, oh, I, I'm a believer, but I'm not going to share that or talk to anyone because I don't want to offend them. Or, no, you, you can't. You can't have you. You have to. It's the greatest news ever. Any other news that's even good, you would share. Well, the greatest news ever, you would have to. So then he says, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in His presence. And we talked about we talked about that when we concluded Second Peter, that we're not focusing on the presence of God, but the presence of God, presence as in Christmas presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more may cause thanksgiving to overflow the glory of God. Now here's the point. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So he makes a curious statement. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. I'm getting a little better grasp of it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I don't think any of us are going to grasp this because it is by faith. Faith being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Which is why I told Dad before we came on air, I said, Dad, really, you can only see this by faith, which really is the point. You're not going to get to this by sheer logic. There is an element of faith here, but it really is. I, I am the unseeable because we're talking about a being that we trust did what he said he did and came here and did what he said he did. And now we put our full trust. in. Maybe so, the, the weight of what he did is so profound that a human being can read, can't see him. No one's ever seen him. So without ever fixing your eyes on him, if you just look at the products that he's behind and you're just awestruck by what a story that is, the whole story put all together, and you literally can have faith in something you've never seen before. That's That's about where it is. Well, you know, that famous verse that he says in Hebrews 12, because you started this whole thought in Hebrews 1, which basically led to the Hebrew writer saying Jesus is superior. But in your mind, as you go through this, you are imagining. That's why shows like The Chosen, you know, are, are so great. We actually talked about that in the in the last podcast. I made a point because this, you know, this controversy came out that, you know, when these they used a line that said it, it when he was speaking at his hometown in Nazareth about he said you know that the argument ensued they tried to kill him and we're going to kill him but they had they just took a line that said I am the law of Moses you know by Jesus speaking and and so some people in the Christian world said well I don't know if they should have said that because that line is not in the Bible. But what the whoever wrote that, they came to the same conclusion that we've come to. Every one of these concepts, when you realize that Jesus is God and he became a man, that was actually a cor- correct deduction to conclude. He was with God when the law of Moses was being written up. <laughs> yeah. You know? So just because he became a man and fulfilled it in that he never broke the law of Moses when he's up pontificating on whatever, especially anything concerning the law of Moses, it would be a technical correct assertion to conclude that this fella here is the law of Moses. 
Just like you could, you could make it. Remember when he talked about in that same context about coming in the spirit of uh, Jonah, and that Jonah went. He could actually say, "I am the whale." You're like what? Well, if you read John one, nothing that has been made, that has been made, was made without him. So he could construct a whale to swallow a human being and keep the human being safe for three days just so he could illustrate that he would suffer like Jonah did. He could be in the belly of the grave for three days and then come back to life. I'm just making a point. It's another one of these absurdity things that he could have done. He could have taken a whale, the largest whale in the world, and like played ping pong with himself. Yeah. And the whale was actually, he could have a paddle and you could play ping pong with a whale with yourself. Yeah. Well, that would have been something to say. I'm pretty sure that would go viral. Which that's why maybe nothing impossible is impossible for God. Which my point on all this and the absurdity is what he did do leads you to the character of God and his his desire to be with us for eternity. That's what he did. He he wasn't just this is not a circus. He could have made it a circus. So it's so weird how people today, when you said everybody wants would, would like to see a miracle, but really when you think about it, he, he's better than a miracle. He is. Now, I like that concept, of too, that he is the miracle, because if you think about it, the idea that the unseeable, immortal God becomes flesh, he really is the miracle, that he would limit himself to a human body. Well, exactly. That's why it said in Philippians, you know, where it said all the deity lives in bodily form in this fellow Jesus. Well, that's quite a statement because the next part says, and you have been given access. Where's that? At? Uh, all the, or is that Colossians 2? I think, well, one is in Colossians. Yeah, for, uh, Colossians 2, nine. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, well, what is deity? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, lives in bodily form. But here's the kicker. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head of over every power and authority. You know, then he goes into our, our conversion and our surrender, our baptism, our him redeeming us from being under the law. Just as we were just saying, I was thinking about that. So in the in the last podcast, we set up this idea that we talked about that the I am statement that Jesus made in John eight before Abraham was born. I am. We talked about the implications of that going all the way back to the burning bush and everything else. And then you mentioned the John 18 one where he says, I am when they came to arrest him. But then also we looked at the very first one and there were a couple of things I want to talk about there uh, that, it, that we didn't quite get to. So it's, I am the light of the world. And we read that in John chapter eight in verse 12, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we talked quite a bit about extensively about what exactly that means by him being light, because we, man, we expanded that quite a bit. But one thing we didn't mention that I want to mention today, because you just brought it up earlier when you looked ahead to our next podcast about this idea of the practicality of the miracle and what Jesus does with that. And there's something pretty fascinating with this particular thing. So look over at John chapter 9, because he's going to repeat this again. But look look when he repeats his statement, how he repeats it. John chapter 9, starting in verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. So here's another one of those situations where it's just a little practical situation. Here's a guy. He's been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? 
this man or his parents that he was born blind. So they're kind of adhering to this, de- I mean, uh, centuries, you know, millennium old idea that if someone had a malady like this, that somebody was responsible. It's called retribution. In other words, if he was born blind, then somebody was responsible for that. Somebody sinned. And that the result was this guy. And he's like, Who, whose fault was this? Did he, did he do something or did, or did his parents do something? Why was he born blind? And here's Jesus' answer to him. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So he repeats what he says earlier. And then, of course, he's going to heal the guy. And that's a whole other story as to what happens. And there's a back and forth. But I found it interesting that, to your point earlier that you made, that when he repeats this, I am the light of the world, he does in the context of healing this guy and really changing his life. But he does it with the idea that this guy now has a renewed life. And that's something we didn't even talk about with this concept of light and life was that Christ redeems us with his light. And we talked about the idea of creation. Yeah. While you're there uh, back in, in uh, John five, this, this is, it helped me just what you just got through saying. I tell you the truth, John five 25, uh, and his uh, time is uh, coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live for as the father has life in himself. So he has granted the son to have life in himself. I, I think he's saying eternal life. That's what he means. And he has given him authority to judge because he's the son of man. Don't be, don't be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good arise to live. Those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. I myself can do nothing, Jesus said. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Something about he was given He's the, the son of God. The father has, has life in himself. So he has granted the son to have life in himself. It's just a, it's just a, they're, they're all mind benders. Well, it's only a mind bender because he can't became a human. I mean, the, the, going back to Genesis one, it, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, and God said. So he starts saying things, that, that and when he says something, things happen. Yeah. Huge things, big things. Oh, yeah. Heavens are created. Earth is created. The waters are separated. You know, land becomes teeming with creatures, and so— you get to humans, and it's there's a statement that says, and God said, and I think it's uh, 126 or 27, let us make man in our, in our image. So when you fast forward to this, realizing the condition of human beings that he made and the choice that they have, once we reach a certain age, we all make the wrong choices. So because his character is just, you know, he, he comes up with what we call the scheme of redemption, you know, bringing Jesus about. So when Jesus enters through the Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit of God, well, he seems to become vulnerable, which he is. He can suffer. He can be tempted. and But when you fast forward to the end of that, there's a statement Peter made because Peter got it. And he says it was, in in Acts 2, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Well, just think about that statement. It's what you just read. There's life. The life he is cannot be killed. Yeah. So he can make these statements 
that you'll never see darkness or you'll never die. We'll get to that one. You'll say, wait a minute. The Bible's saying That's that right, if, I, if I'm in Jesus, to, I'll never die. And he could judge the world and give them life or death. Well, right. He's life or death. So, but why would he make a statement that you'll never die? Uh, where, where is that? I'll, I'll look it up. But while, you're, while you're looking for that, and that's my point. My point is, it's like you told Nicodemus, the beauty of it is, it's not just the life we get, but in, then it's a rebirth concept of who he is. That That's the beauty of it. Like this guy who was born blind, and that was his life. He never realized that now he had an opportunity to live and see. And and that's the beauty of the light of Jesus. Not only can we have a life, but we can have a new life that's even better than our old life. And so, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the, the light of Christ. It's not only it's not only for for to give us our first life, but it's to give us a new, a better life. That's, to me, that's what's incredible. No, your spiritual application is all. We hadn't even touched the hem of the garment on that. Uh, the verse that I referenced was, which this is in the one of I am the resurrection and the life. But just to give right, you a from pre- John 11. preview, right. John 11, 25, 26 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Now, if you just left it right there, because this is a brain teaser, and I'm getting way ahead of ourselves, but I can't help it. This is too awesome. So so <laughs> think about what he just said. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Well, that's what we're all in for, right? That yep. would have been enough, yep. but there's not a period. There's a, there's a semicolon. And this is where it gets to your point a little mind bending because then he says, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So just, let's just back that up and read it again. Cause your brain has said, no, wait, what I am the resurrection life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. So, 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 so I believe it's just a continuation. So you add that once you live, look, you will never die, which I'm going to have another point. And another place where he makes note of that, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. That's pretty well the same point. Exactly. Well, what I was going to make the point is most people who teach John 11, they do uh, what Al was saying about making the spiritual and the physical illustrations, because they're both true, in that God redeems us spiritually and will redeem us physically with our new body, and that hasn't taken place. But there's also something to be said about when you're an eternal being and you're representing an eternal being, I have zero problem with you understanding Jesus' statement there, even in the physical. If you just continue that, because I do believe it's a, like the John 9, there is a spiritual response to, to seeing. You know, he did the, a physical miracle and he healed the blind man, but he was also trying to get you to see with your heart who he is, which is what we do. And I think that's what's causing all the mind-bending problems is because when you're trying to see Jesus in a spiritual way. But I think that's what he's what he's saying is when you're sitting there studying and you're reading the miracles of Jesus and the love of Jesus and, and the, the sternness of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection, th- there's something going on in your mind when you're individually sitting down reading that. There's a picture that's forming in your mind that I would, I would say that is a seeing in nature. You literally are seeing Jesus, kind of Hebrews 12, fix your eyes on Jesus by just pouring yourself, your mind, uh, you know, on a daily basis to the, not only his red letters, but just, you know, your imagination and reading between the lines. And so I think that's what's happening. But I mean, when he makes statements like this about never dying, I think 
it comes back to the argument we made. I think we did this in the bonus time, so I can re on the last podcast, I could revisit it. But one of the things we pointed out was that in Genesis 1, there's this huge argument against Christianity because God made the heavens and the earth, uh, He made light. But he didn't make the sun until the sun, the moon, the stars till like day four. So the non-believers are saying, "Well, that didn't even make sense. How could? How are y'all? I mean, this this is all junk. They, they made this up. You can't have the light, even though now it took them a few thousand years. Even the scientists who do not believe have realized that there's light." They, they have aged light to a, a greater distance than they have the sun, the moon, and the stars, which is kind of fascinating. So I brought up the point, why are you worried about that when we all know that you can have light without the sun, moon, and stars? That's a fact. I mean, if the sun burns up and all the stars burn up immediately and you grab your flashlight and turn it on, it will work. <laughs> It's just the simple logic. But I made a point, and I want to revisit it, that in Revelation 21, speaking of what we're talking about today, the how how Jesus, I mean, how can can God control the the atoms and the molecules? I mean, how can that be? Well, when you read the what he was trying to get, what I believe he was trying to get in our minds from doing that way. Why didn't he just create the sun on day one is, is my question. Why, why, why go through all this? Well, when you go all the way to the other end of the Bible, now we're going to the end and go to Revelation 21. I just want to read this. And here you have a picture of God from a man who's sleeping in the spirit. It's a picture. Just like what we have in seeing God. He, he's thinking, he's, he's meditating, he's dreaming. And watch what he comes up with in 22. I did not see a temple in this city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb, Jesus, the sheep, the Lamb, is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So what picture is he giving us? He's given us a picture of us living with God eternally. That, that's the whole picture of that Revelation 21. The marriage we have with Christ and how long that's going to last. And the spiritual application is, he is the light. I am the light of the world. We're like, oh no, what are we going to do? The sun's burning up, you know? What are we going to do about climate change? Well, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. <laughs> because <laughs> ultimately I'm saying ultimately you're thinking too small if you're putting all your eggs uh, in a basket that are the basket is found on the earth it, it's That's a yeah, good the, point very good and point. that he would and that he wouldn't be enough right if if that's what you believe if that you truly believed in him which is kind of the entire point of the whole thing I well, mean, we so, wind up just reviewing what we went over, but this is, it, it's almost like you got to get your mind in a frame of mind to even have this conversation with yourself. Well, and that, and I think that's the point, Jace. I think that's why when you, when you utter the phrase, I am, I mean, it's such a huge phrase. And when we mentioned that, it, that it's more than a metaphor, uh, which is kind of what we're calling this series now, because it is so much more. I mean, it's it's time bending, it's mind bending, it's all those things and more because it 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 yeah. makes a, our human attempt at capturing the character and nature of God, both through through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Yes, I'll give you an illustration where to to your point where I think this will you can wrap your head around this. 
So when somebody is accused of a crime, what do or or you know any kind of uh, hullabaloo? What do lawyers give you advice? They give you advice to say two words in this situation. No comment. You know, did you? Were you? Did you? No comment. Because they they realize the more you talk, the more you're going to get in trouble. Because even if you didn't do it, you've done something else wrong that they don't even want to go to. It's it's the nature it's the <laughs> nature of human beings. If your mouth is moving, you're probably going to say something stupid or incriminate. <laughs> it's just true. It's kind of funny because everybody's like the people who get called on these detective shows won't keep their mouth shut. So you, when you look at what Jesus did when he became a human, that that was the that's what he represented. So he just imagine him being interviewed. You're saying instead of faith comes from hearing, jail comes from hearing. Well, right. But, well, but look, so here's Jesus on our behalf. So every question that's asked him, he has the same answer, and it's it's not no comment because that's what we should say. He says, "I am," and they're like, "Well, well what about?" Because uh, there's no scenario that you're going to come up with that he's not going to be able to answer with those two words. Because if you can extend life forever and your character can never change and it was and it's 100% good and you're 100% just, all arguments are going to just go poof. Anything that you try to accuse him of it's just not going to work. It, it, that, that's why the slogan is what it is. It is the answer to all arguments, whether legal, spiritual, physical. It's a mantra. There you go. I like it. All right. We're out of time. Let's, uh, we'll wrap up uh, this discussion, and then uh, on the next podcast, we'll get into our next More Than a Metaphor I Am statement. So if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed to sign up for blaze tv uh, as well as catch our overtime segment so we'll see you over on the other side thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash unashamed